0: Everyone, thank you for joining us. You are now tuned in to Trish Chat, a series that promotes meaningful dialogue around identity, culture, and real-life stories. We are your hosts, Steph and Jess, and everything you'll hear in our episodes are based on personal experiences. Make sure to tune in every Monday to hear our latest episodes. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Trish Chat. My name is Steph, and I'm here with Jess. Say hello to the people. What's up, everyone? And today we are super happy to be joined by Jesse. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. Um, so we're gonna talk about some really cool stuff. Um, Jess and I did a budgeting episode a couple of weeks ago. I'm gonna call it part of our money management series. I just decided that that's gonna happen. Um, and today we're gonna to talk a little bit about money management, but we're mostly gonna focus it on um retirement and setting yourself up for retirement. Um, I do want to say before we start having the conversation, um a quick disclaimer that this is not personalized financial advice. like these are tips and frameworks that we're providing. But if you need like something that's very tailored to you, you, you should, you know, see a financial advisor if you're able to do that, but this is not personalized financial advice. Yep.
1: Cool. Do you want to talk <laughs> yeah, about Yeah, yeah. Cool. So we're super excited to have Jesse here. Uh, Jesse and I met back, well, it's been a year and a half now. We moved to San Francisco around the same time. I think it was a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. You moved from Portland. We moved from New York. And the way we met is we met at a basketball league at is this Zog Sports? Yes. Okay, Zog Sports. <laughs> I don't know. I, I joined so many leagues when I got here. Yes. Um, so yeah, I moved here and I I wanted to like gain some community, and you know, I usually you know start with sports, and so I joined this this all women's league um, out here in San Francisco, and Jesse was on it, and so we played ball for a season. Uh, we did not win. <laughs> Very much, but I it was, think we won
2: any game that season.
1: <laughs> I think we might have won once, and I think that's because the team didn't show up. Yeah, it was uh it was pretty bad. But it was fun. Uh so we met and we've been friends ever since, and it's been awesome getting to know Jessie and, and her family. Um and so we're super excited to have her on to to shed some light on on retirement and money management. So thanks again for being here.
0: Thanks for having me. I yep. appreciate it. Yep, Yay. yep. Um, so before we start talking about money, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure., uh, my name is Jesse.
2: I'm twenty nine years old. I am from a very big Jewish family in South Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I made my <laughs> way to the West Coast after college um, was in Portland for five years, and now I live in san francisco. Um, i'm a I'm a VP at an investment firm in the Bay Area, and I've worked there for about seven years. so
1: so you're basically a boss 29, <laughs>
0: 29 years old VP just chilling yeah. no big deal yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I like to travel <laughs> See, I like um I like to play basketball yes with Jess yes she was there for one season <laughs> I, know, uh, I, know. I like working out and doing crossfit and I'm, I'm also married and so i have a partner named lana and then we have a, a seven-year-old kiddo together
1: yes you know. love lana so
2: we mm-hmm. spend a lot of
1: still lot gotta meet time. still gotta meet the little guy but yeah. it's yes, awesome he's a lot <laughs> <laughs> aren't they all aren't they all yeah <laughs> um talking like you like you're a parent to a, I am, um, <laughs> to a dog yeah he's a lot yes,
0: he is. <laughs> but he's also very loving.
1: yes he is um awesome cool
0: um, so let's start by talking about relationship with money. Like what has your relationship been with money and how did you learn how to manage money?
2: My relationship with money has been a pretty calculated one, actually, um, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, no, no pun there intended. Goes.
1: Um, <laughs> stuff smiling so hard right I now. I love
2: those jokes, <laughs> dad um, jokes. Yeah, well, speaking of my dad, my dad is a money manager. There and you go. So, that's actually how I learned about money. Um, I would see him as a kid reading a lot of newspapers, and at first, I thought his job was to just read newspapers. <sighs> But as time went on, I realized he was looking at the stock market
1: a and newspaper
2: a paper uh, reader <laughs> and trying to figure out what was happening and yeah. reading the Wall Street Journal. Um, so I I learned what a stock was from him. I learned what an investment was from him. So I I came from privilege in that respect that he taught me. About money, he read books about how to mm-hmm. teach your kids about money. Oh wow. Um, Damn, that's and awesome. taught that to myself and my siblings. so that's that's sort of ingrained in my childhood. and I, I think Jewish people in, in general uh, know a lot about money. and so my family knows a lot about money.
1: How old were you? Would you say that when he started doing that talking to you about that?
2: Pretty young, I, I'd say. Like you know. two? <laughs> I don't remember any conversations with my two year old self. But, <laughs> um, but when I did get my, my, first, my first job, mm-hmm. um, I was working at an ice cream store mm-hmm. in high school. And he said, I want to teach you how to invest. So, mm-hmm. what I'd like to do is to incentivize you to, to work. You can keep all the money that you make working. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to match this money and put it in a Roth IRA for you. Mm. So he did a hands-on lesson with me about how to invest starting at age yeah. 16 when I first had that.
0: That's amazing. So That's cool. Shout out to your dad.
2: Damn. Yeah. Thanks, dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that taught me how to save and invest and how to grow money, which is extremely important, especially in my career. Yeah.
0: I think that's so key because I feel like money is a taboo topic. And I find that parents don't talk to their kids about money Mm -hmm. because they themselves don't know how to talk about money. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And money is like scary. Yes. Um, And it's just something that flows in and out kind of Mm -hmm. like outside of people's control. So they think it's outside of their um, control. And then that creates like bad money habits across Mm -hmm. generations of people who don't um, prioritize saving Mm -hmm. or who don't know about investing or just who have not a great relationship with money and who are afraid or ashamed to ask for help or to ask questions because it's kind of been like something that you don't talk about. Yeah. Right. And when you
2: don't come for money and you don't have Mm -hmm. money, it's not something that you're proud of and it's not something Mm -hmm. that you feel like is attainable for you. Yeah. So it's just never talked about.
1: It's like triggering in a sense, like even thinking about it, it's just Mm -hmm. like, no, I don't want to think about that because I don't have that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, So what happened after that? So he taught you that. And then like, was it a lot of those type of lessons or did it you just get curious and start doing it on your own from that point?
2: When I got my first job out of college, I started saving in my 401k. And that was something that, again, my dad coached me to be able to do, you know, this is what you should be investing in. This is how you should be allocated. And I immediately started saving money that way. And it just started growing from there.
1: Oh. That's great. You had like a huge head start. Yeah. Because I mean, I know for me, I will say the one piece of advice I got from one of my first bosses, he was like, you're graduating college, whatever you do, just start saving in your retirement fund as soon as you can, even if it's like 2%, like just mm-hmm. start. And that always stuck with me. So that's the one thing that I did do as soon as I graduated, but it was never something where I, th- I- obviously I wasn't making that much money at the time, but I think that for me, that, that advice, I was just like, okay, he said I could just save the bare minimum as, as long as I'm doing something. So I, I don't think I ever challenged myself after that. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, I want, I want the money now. Right. Mm-hmm. That changed over time, but that's, that's awesome that you got like that head start with that education.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'm very thankful for it. Um, and it's, uh, we'll talk about this, but it's it's really really important. Your boss is right. It's it's important to start saving sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. um, and it's something that you know if you can do, you should do, yeah. And hold yourself to your your own standards, whatever mm-hmm. those
0: standards might be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think it's a mindset shift because if you grew up in a household where you struggle to have your basic needs met because you're your parents or your parent or your guardian um was kind of in survival mode because they didn't have the the income or the funds um always necessary to meet the the basic needs. You kind of probably view money in like survival mode of like i, I it comes in and I just use it to pay for things and mm-hmm. in um, you don't necessarily look at money as something that you can use as a tool for investment for the future. Mm -hmm. you kind of look at it as like I just need to like take care of myself now like a band-aid yes yeah 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 I I think that that I don't know for you stuff but for
1: me that 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 was my upbringing like I saw my mom struggle with money and Mm -hmm. for me it was like survival it's like I need this money now in order to have a future right like I was trying to catch up and be like okay next week we need x amount of money yeah like let's just make sure we have that um And so I, I think I have a fear, like talking about like relationship with money, like I I think I'm really good with money, but I think I have a fear of not having money. Mm -hmm. Like it's so real. Like I, I I just, I need to have a safety net Mm -hmm. when it comes to money, regardless if it's retirement or savings. So I totally can relate to what you just said.
0: Yeah. I mean, my, um, my dad was like very good with managing his money. And he would like, I think I've said in other episodes, he like sat down, like, remember when When you had like a little ledger for your checkbook, he would like balance that out and everything. And, um, my mom was just more of like, if you've paid all your bills and you've put some money away, like you should spend money on yourself. Um, and my dad was part of a union, um, So he had like a a pension that he would contribute to. And my mom was like investing in her 401k. But that's the extent of what I knew Mm -hmm. with like their relationship with money. Yeah. Right. And and my parents didn't grow up in the United States. They came here from Dominican Republic and started working. So they didn't have the opportunity to get a head start on, on saving for their retirement. I think it's something that like, and also- In some Latin American countries, I'm not familiar with all of them, but like 401ks and like Roth IRAs are not a thing. It's kind of like your family will take care of you when you retire. Yeah. So no one really thinks about that. This is like a completely new system. Yeah. And me, because I haven't put in all the effort to learn about it, like I still also don't understand a lot of the options when it comes to retirement. So I can't even imagine for someone who's learning the language and trying to like take care of their family what it would be like to just learn like yeah. what to do, it so I'd be really overwhelmed. Yeah, so I think it's like you get handed a paper and it's like you should contribute to a four hundred one k. How much do you want to contribute? Yeah, and yeah. they're like, okay, put put me down for that amount. Oh, I <laughs> hated that form when you start a new job. <laughs> yeah. you're like, I don't even know what these um, means. zeros, yeah. ones, percentage. Yeah, and you're you just know? like, cool, put me down, <laughs> put me down for that.
1: Jess is like, that's my jam. I love that <laughs>
0: stuff. <laughs> I was like send me those papers. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: that's so funny.
0: Um, so I think you, uh, Jess, you started talking about this already, but I would, I would love. Um, Jesse, if you could let us know, like, what are some of the best pieces of advice that you have received when it comes to managing money? So the first one that I'll mention is to pay yourself
2: first. And what I mean by that is treat saving money like it's a bill, like it's mm. just one bill that you pay every single month or every single week, however you prefer to do it and save your money before you look at your account and realize how much money you have left over. Mm. So that's hugely important. Mm -hmm. Um, To put this into perspective, um, I I looked up a a quick statistic. A 25-year-old that invests $100 a month into a Roth IRA for 40 years and gets a 12% return, when that person retires at the age of 65, it's going to be about a million dollars. But if that same person were to start investing 10 years later, when they're 35, rather than when they're 25, you'd have $300,000. So So paying yourself first, putting that money in the market as quickly as possible is really, really important Mm -hmm. because it's all compounding. It's all, it's all compounding interest and building on that money. You have to You have to have money to make money, which is why it's so difficult for communities of color and low income communities to be able to have money because of that compounding interest and the people with wealth make the most too.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You mentioned, um, and forgive me if you're going to go into this later, but you mentioned Roth IRA. Um, Could you explain what that means versus like a traditional 401?
2: Sure. So there's a few different accounts. Um, and if you're just starting with this and you have an employer, open up a 401k. A 401k will usually have two options. They'll have a traditional 401k, which means it's pre-tax dollars, Mm -hmm. so before it was taxed, Mm -hmm. or it'll have post-tax dollars, Roth IRA. So if you have a low tax rate right now, let's say you make a a smaller amount of money Mm -hmm. and you have a low tax rate right now. It makes sense to put your money into a Roth IRA because later on you're going to have a, a higher tax rate, hopefully, mm-hmm. when you start making more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so putting your money into a Roth IRA, because you've already paid tax on it, mm-hmm. you don't have to pay tax on it later. Yeah. So it's going to grow tax-free mm-hmm. for the next 30, 40 years, however mm-hmm. long you keep it in there.
1: Are there limitations on touching that money? Yes, with an Roth IRA. Yeah, so yeah. you have to wait till retirement age. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and do tip and do employers typically offer both? Is it is it usually just one or is a, it both? A lot of employers offer both. Yeah. Um,
2: and you can you can, for example, do a traditional four hundred one k, and then use a Roth IRA as well. Hmm. So that's something that I do personally. I use a traditional 401k, so mm-hmm. I have those pre-tax dollars. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by pre-tax is it's going to be growing, you know, it's going to be growing all those years. But at the end, when you take it out, let's say when you're 65 and you want to start taking an income off of this, you have to pay regular income tax when you take it out.
1: What you're making you have- at the time.
2: Exactly. So if you're retired, hopefully it's a lower mm-hmm. income
1: mm-hmm. rate. Yeah. But,
2: you know, you, you can't be sure to know. Right. because you didn't pay tax on it these you know these years when you were putting it in.
1: Gotcha. And with an Roth IRA, um, I remember researching this, and is there a cap of like how much you can make to actually contribute to a Roth IRA? I think you can only make a certain amount of money. Is that right?
2: Yeah, there's a few different income limits, uh, but you can actually get around that yeah. by doing something called a backdoor Roth IRA. Mm. So let's say-
1: These are the tips I'm waiting on. A <laughs> <laughs> <I'll> backdoor?
0: <laughs> What? Yeah, yes. you gotta give a code or something. Yeah, yes. it's behind a cafe. <laughs> yeah, exactly what it is. Jesse has the code. <laughs> um, it's but,
1: Jesse.
2: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> what What you do though is you just have to put this money into a traditional IRA, and then you do a Roth conversion, which is actually a lot easier than it sounds.
0: Okay.
2: um So you you can contribute up to six thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. and then when you're older and there, there's a thousand a dollar catch up contribution. Okay. Um, but you can put in, say, $6,000 into your traditional IRA mm-hmm. if you make too much, mm-hmm. and then you just go ahead and convert it to a Roth IRA before investing it. And so you, you do com- that.
1: you convert the 6000 to? And to the- Roth.
2: hmm So you're not technically getting a tax benefit because that money has been taxed, mm-hmm. but you don't have to pay taxes later.
1: Mm. I see. Shit. I didn't know that. Look at that. Tips, tips, tips. Write this down. Get your notebook now. I'm going to have to re listen.
0: (laughs) With a notebook. (laughs) You're ridiculous. Um, So I know you mentioned paying yourself first as a piece of advice. Mm -hmm. Any other um, pieces of advice? Yeah. Um, One other thing I would say that it's about
2: time in the market, not timing the market. So, what I mean by that is um, the markets are going to go up and down. Don't pay too much attention to it mm-hmm. because the minute when you try to get too fancy with it, um, instead of staying disciplined, you know, mm-hmm. and keeping your money just in the market at all times, um, then, and then you end up thinking that you're smarter than you are and mm-hmm. you get humiliated by the market. Yeah. <laughs> um, basically you, you can't
0: predict it. Yeah. Right.
2: So you probably shouldn't try Got unless you know what you're doing. Right.
0: Yeah. Right, that makes sense.
1: Taking these, taking these down, <laughs>
0: and I just love like the well. It, it's not. It's not a. It's time in the market, not timing the market. Yeah. I love that. You like my little
2: yeah. Verbiage. You need to train like that. <laughs> um, that's amazing. I, it's not, actually that's by a famous uh, investment guru. So I can't really take that for <laughs> myself.
1: <laughs> Got it. Got it. Fair sure enough.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um, what? So switching gears um a little bit i know we've talked about um roth ira and 401k um i want to start really laser focusing on retirement and i think i'm i mentioned this before but um in my experience i don't i haven't seen that um the like communities of color that i have been around have really prioritize retirement outside of like, let me just put money in a 401k, but not really uh, maxing out um, as they should. Some people can't. Mm -hmm. and I want to recognize that. Um, But I also think it is because of the relationship with money that um, a lot of people grow up with and that it's intimidating for them. And I also think that people in their um, 20s and in their 30s see retirement as being so far away. Um, and I'm glad that you read that stat because I I think it shows like the benefit of starting early. Mm -hmm. So I would love, um, to talk about like what advice you would give to people, um, our age to best, best set themselves up for retirement.
2: I'd say retirement's as far away as you make it. So if you make it so that you're, um, waiting until you're 50 to start thinking about retirement, Mm -hmm. It's probably going to be when you're 70 or 80. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to start thinking about it now as opposed to thinking about it later. Um, Even when thinking about generational wealth and saving for your your kids, if you have kids, opening a 529 plan, like Mm -hmm. thinking about how to set your family up in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. So putting yourself on a plan, looking at your entire balance sheet, Mm -hmm. and then figuring out where can you cut back. If you're going out to a restaurant four times a week, you can definitely cut back on that. Mm -hmm. If you're going to, you know, a bunch of vacations, but you're not maxing out on your 401k, you can definitely cut back on one a year.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Looking at what brings you happiness. Does your, if your job truly brings you happiness, if labor brings you happiness, I would ask you to think again and ask truly what will allow me as mm. much freedom as possible. Mm. And that's typically money.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Word. We got to sit in that for some time. <laughs> that was hard <laughs> to hear. <laughs>
1: um. Damn. Would, so like you talked about people, if if their employer offers a retirement plan to take that route. Yes should people be exploring other routes as well? Like outside of their employer? Like so, I know some people who have go through their like employer, but then they'll go and open up an IRA somewhere else, yeah. you know, on their own. Like, are there any tips there? Like, is that smart to do? Should you just focus in on like what is within your, with your employer or like what's something that people can like think about with that?
2: So, the first thing I I say, open up a 401k because most employers give some sort of incentive for saving. Mm -hmm. So, matching, matching contributions, that type of thing, maybe company stock. Mm -hmm. Um, But the more free money you can get, the better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if you can contribute $19,500 a year to your 401k and you're still like, hey, I want more, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: then I'd say open up a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. And if your income is too high for a Roth IRA, mm-hmm. do that backdoor contribution.
1: Yeah.
0: Mention yeah. Jesse at the
1: door. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's such a game changer. Yeah. Like that's, that's super helpful. I mean, cause I, I, I definitely, um, am interested in the Roth IRA. I, I, I've heard a lot of good things about having Roth IRAs and like, um, just like the return on them and. You know, this is from people who just have opened them. They're not money managers or anything, but I've, I've been super interested in that. So to hear that there's an option to do this yeah, is really yeah. awesome.
0: I would also say, outside of that, this is also really good things to keep in mind as you're also shifting jobs and looking at your career. And I think sometimes we look at how many vacation days am I going to get or what's the salary, yeah, and we don't look point. at do you do you match? um my 401k contributions and how high Mm -hmm. and depending on that answer using that to negotiate a higher salary yeah because of the fact that you have to you know make up for like free money that you would get at another company perhaps in a similar role yeah that's a
1: whole different conversation but i think that's key like bringing up retirement in that conversation being like what is your retirement benefits here
0: and again it has it has to do with like the the training and the relationship with money that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of communities have, which is y- you really think about the basics because that's what you learn. seeing is like survival mode, the basics. Right. And so hopefully after hearing this episode, more people will like either go and, and when they're go- applying for a job, like ta- ask about retirement, like mm-hmm. figure out what sort of other benefits or like, you know, some companies offer you like a one-time session with like a concierge from like where whatever company they're managing your retirement investments with, so that you can understand mm-hmm. what the heck is actually going on. Yeah, like taking advantage of that.
2: Yeah. And speaking of job changes, anytime you change a job, you you should roll out of that four hundred one k plan.
0: That was my next question. <laughs>
2: it's like you're reading my mind. That's <laughs> awesome. So
1: why, why do you say that?
2: Typically, they charge higher fees. Oh, when yeah. you're no longer at that employer anymore.
0: I didn't even know that. I just always yeah. rolled out my my money because I'm like, I need to see it all in one place. Um, that's amazing. I didn't know that. I, yeah. That's why I would change it. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't want
1: to deal with like my old one and then having a new one. And yeah. Shit.
2: Yeah. They might charge you like in an annual fee or really fee. Yeah. Just wow. because you're not no longer at the company. They don't technically need you in the 401k plan anymore
0: go check your 401k if you left it behind somewhere (laughs) five jobs ago yeah, five jobs ago someone out here with five different 401k (laughs) roll it out all of it now it's really
2: easy to do you just call up the 401k company yeah you give them your social and you say i'd like to roll my money out of my 401k yeah and then they send you the form to do it yeah it takes a week right um and if you have debt any type of debt Remember that the market returns somewhere between 8 and 12% annually. So if your debt is higher than 8%, get rid of it as soon as you possibly can. Mm. So if you have a car loan that's an 8% interest car loan, for example, Mm -hmm. that is the first thing that you want to pay down.
1: So you would recommend people to put less into their retirement and Tackle that first. Yeah, if Got if it. you have expensive
2: debt, tackle that yeah, yeah, yeah. first. Got it. If you don't have expensive debt, then you can still invest. Gotcha. That's you, good to know. You should. If you have a three percent car loan, most people have car loans that are one to three percent. It's it's not a big deal because yeah. as long as you're putting your money elsewhere and it's getting eight to twelve percent, mm-hmm. it's making up for that interest payment that you're paying to your car.
1: Damn. I'm learning so much. (laughs) You're going to re-listen too with your notebook. I am going to re-listen with my notebook.
0: (laughs) Any other tips?
2: Uh, Use a credit card like it's a debit card. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, don't don't put money on there that isn't there. Yeah. Mm. And that's, I think, something that the minute that you you know, have a little bit of privilege and can get a credit card. Mm-hmm. It's something that happens in, in a lot of instances. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a whole nother thing, a whole nother piece of debt that you end up having. And if you have that debt, try and pay it off as quickly as you can.
1: Yeah. And those, those credit cards, their percentages are crazy. Yeah. It's like 23% or some shit. Yeah, like, it's it's wild. crazy. Wild.
0: Yeah, It's uh, it's, it's high. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. No. I want to ask a question because I listen to podcasts and stuff and I get super annoyed when people are like, it's super simple. Just, you know, save this and save that and save this other thing. And I'm like, what about people who don't have a lot of money? Like, mm-hmm. what are they supposed to do? Yeah. Um. So I want to ask, like, for people who don't have a lot of disposable income, mm-hmm. what are some of the best ways that they can set themselves up for retirement? Save a little every week, even a little bit matters.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, there's no magic wand that money will just show up and, and be there. Mm-hmm. But if you can do some sort of a side hustle to even help with your savings, mm-hmm. that's really, really helpful mm-hmm. long-term. If you can make an extra $600 a month by walking dogs, let's say, mm-hmm. or doing something that will help you Get exactly what you need and get your goals met. That's really important. But look at what you're spending money on. If you're spending money on debt, try and get rid of that. Mm-hmm. And then, if you really don't have much disposable income, if you're living near the poverty line or below it, um, it, it's really difficult to get out of that. And there might need to be some sort of a life change that needs to happen in order for you to be able to invest. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a job whether it's your Mm. place that you're living, whether it's the city that you're living in, Mm and see what changes that you can make in order to allow yourself to grow.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I know we talked, there was a lot of stuff that was mentioned. I need to re-listen with my notebook. I'm serious. (laughs) Um, But what are some of the key takeaways that you want our listeners to walk away with from this episode?
2: Um, One thing I didn't mention is when you do save money, buy something super low cost. So use like an ETF, which is an exchange-traded fund. Um, You do not need to pay a financial advisor until you have a lot of money to pay a financial advisor. Mm. So if you have $20,000, $30,000 that you're building up, don't go to a financial advisor and ask them to help you.
1: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: You know, just buy an ETF and you'll be fine. ETF. Yeah, an exchange-traded fund. Okay. Don't go to mutual funds because – they're actually pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. They're like 1% a year, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can buy an ETF and just let your money continue to grow index to what, whatever the market is, mm-hmm. that's, that's great. And then you're passively investing for the rest of your life and don't go in there and make changes and do a whole bunch of fancy stuff.
1: Where do people find those ETFs? It's uh, traded on the stock market. Okay. Yeah. Just trying to dumb it
2: down yeah. as much as possible. Um, yeah, that's a good question. It's, it's just traded like a stock on the stock market. Okay. Um, so you can find ones that are like the Vanguard mm-hmm. S&P 500 ETF. So if you, if you go onto Google and say low-cost ETFs, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a list of like 10 different ETFs that pop up that are like 0.01% Got it. that you can just buy into. Nice. ETS. I like that. And uh if you can start saving money now, um, uh, I would I would start
1: now.
0: Yeah. Jess, what are you gonna take away from this uh episode?
1: <laughs> so much. This backdoor IRA thing is just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um no, but that's a that's a good one that the, the last one you just said about like um I, I think for me at least it's like when 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 you should be looking at getting a financial advisor right yeah. like if if i definitely have have run into instances throughout my life where i'm like i've saved quite a bit of money i should go and do this and mm-hmm. so that was really that was really helpful to hear you say like don't do that until you're making i don't know what the threshold is is it yeah. like millions is it you know 500,000 you know maybe up in that area
2: yeah somewhere around there yeah um but until that point you know, if if you do a little bit of research on your own, it goes mm-hmm. a really long way. Yeah, and it saves you thousands of dollars by yeah. just you know handling it on your own in the yeah. in the best way that you possibly can.
1: For sure, yeah. F- those fees, mm-hmm. fees. What about you, Steph?
0: Um, I think it. I like the concept of pay yourself first, and I had um. I, I, I had heard something similar, but in regards to saving of like, always put money in your savings account first before you pay your bill so that you don't then not save. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I followed that practice, but I think it's more about like different ways of paying yourself. So if you are at a point where you're, you're able to put away money in a savings account, I like the idea of if you, if, if you're contributing in your 401k, um, through your employer, you're saving some money. Um, when you get your paychecks, like how can you take some of that money that you're saving and, and invest some of that, um, so that you have a different way of paying yourself first as well. Mm -hmm. Just getting a little bit more sophisticated with your, um, strategy to, you know, set yourself up for retirement.
1: For sure. And I don't know if we talked about this one quick thing is, um, and if you can't answer it, it's all good. Um. I think about when I'm, you know, given the the options of like putting a percentage down, it's usually, and then you got to select the type of funds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there any, is there anything that people should be staying away from in with that? Um, I wouldn't,
2: this, I wouldn't go with one of the target date retirement okay. funds. Okay.
1: Because cause those are the ones people normally go yeah. to because yeah. <laughs> it's
2: very overwhelming. <laughs> Me, um, you know. yeah, the reason for that is because they have a higher fee mm-hmm. and they also have, um, they have a high amount, a high percentage amount in bonds.
1: Bonds, okay. Yeah,
2: and you really don't need that Mm -hmm. if you're 30 years old or 35
1: years old and just trying to grow the money. Mm -hmm. That's going to limit you. But that's why they're pushing that, right? Like people who are... Um, The reps at these places, like Fidelity or whatever. Yeah. Like. Yeah. They're,
2: they're heavily incentivized to put you in the Vanguard 2025 retirement fund.
1: Right. Right.
2: But also like think about what year you realistically want to retire mm-hmm. and then use a compounding interest calculator. So go to Google, mm-hmm. you know, type in compound interest calculator mm-hmm. and then say, I want to retire when I'm 50. Mm-hmm. If you really want to retire when you're 50, you're going to have to meet some really big goals to be able to do it. And you can play around with the calculator and it'll tell you how much you need to save mm-hmm. annually in order to meet that goal. Mm-hmm. So be intentional about it. Compound
1: if you can. calculators. That's another good tip. Compounding interest calculators. Yeah, Got it. And then um, is there any, I'm guessing Google, but like, mm-hmm. is there anywhere, any resource online where people should go and look for like what type of funds to select if they're not picking these target funds? Cause I know for, for me it's always been like okay I could go sit with somebody and like pick out all these things but not everyone has that resource so like are they just searching this online or is there there's somewhere a website where there's really good resources on this
2: There's a website called Morningstar and it's a it's a research website and what it is is you can look up all of the different stock tickers you can look up mutual fund tickers ETF mm-hmm. tickers but it'll it'll show you how much everything costs, what mm-hmm. what they actually have invested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a it's a full report that they give you. Gotcha. Which is really.
1: So you can see the history really, and all that. You can see the
2: history. If you care about the environment, you can be in an mm-hmm. environmentally responsible fund. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's certain types of funds that you can be in depending yeah. upon if you want to be socially environmentally conscious. And too. you
1: can split it up. Amongst like twenty five percent here, twenty five percent here, things like that. Yeah, exactly.
0: Damn, I gotta go look at my retirement (laughs) fund. Me
1: too. (laughs) Maybe I'll do that after. (laughs) Um, Super helpful, though. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate this. I learned a whole lot. (laughs) I need to get myself back in line. Um, And I love the advice that you gave, and and like really made it easy to understand for those of us who. Um, don't necessarily look at the stock market every day or don't like live and breathe finance. like <laughs> I will admit that you know, I don't do the best job that I can in terms of like understanding my 401 mm-hmm. k and like my options in terms of how I can set myself up better than retirement better for retirement um outside of like the you know invest in your 401k check this retirement fund um so this was super helpful because it was a a head start for me to understand like where to go mm-hmm. to start mm-hmm. looking at things and then um to start kind of like tailoring to like my goal and what i want to do so this was Good. very helpful and I'm i appreciate glad.
2: it i'm glad to hear it yeah, thanks thank for
0: having so me awesome. awesome well thanks for joining us <laughs> <laughs> anytime <laughs>
1: um yeah cool
0: thanks everybody for listening
1: yeah i appreciate it jesse well we'll definitely have you on next time um <laughs> maybe do a part two of this when i get my
0: 401k back in order <laughs> I will. after i take all
1: my notes yeah. i'm gonna need we'll to make dust off yeah. make a make a call you know use the code <laughs> use the code <laughs> mention jesse at the back door yeah awesome anything else sorry before we go That's all good all? yeah cool well hopefully everyone found this helpful uh hit us up um until next time thanks Peace. Nice. Thank